Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. There are a lot of things happening today and our minds, at least maybe some of us, are really geared toward what's coming next and the importance of all the things. And I'm going to ask you and encourage you to uh, not get ahead of the day, to slow down just a little bit. And I need to do this myself and focus on the Word of God uh, for this hour and what the Lord has for us and, and to uh, zone in on the truth that we'll be talking about this morning and ask the Lord to teach us from His Word, and the next things will happen when the time comes. But let's, let's get our minds uh, where they need to be now, and let the Lord have His way in our life, okay? And be intentional, as was prayed earlier, about uh, the Word of God this morning. Matthew chapter 1, in verse 18, is where we're going to start and read down through verse 25. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his Mary, mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily or privately. But while he thought on these things... Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. When we are in the Christmas season, certainly we, we preach on and find, uh, you know, preach out of passages of Scripture that throughout the year may not be regular passages of Scripture we would preach on. And there's your typical themes when it comes to Christmas time. You know, we, we obviously uh, talk of the Lord Jesus Christ and His birth and coming into this world. Mary is talked about a lot. One person that's not often talked about is Joseph and the role that he played in the birth of Jesus Christ. And Joseph wasn't prominent uh, in the Scriptures either. We don't know at what point. Uh, Joseph passed on from the scene, but it seems as though uh, it seems as though probably sometime after the age of twelve, when Jesus was twelve, that Joseph was no longer around. By the time Jesus went to the cross, Joseph is not mentioned. He's not part of the picture, and so there's a lot we don't know about 
the life of Joseph and how long he lived and so on. But there are some things that we do know from the Word of God, and there are some things that teach us and tell us that Joseph was actually a man who was a noble man, a man of character, a man who loved God, a man who was, who was determined to do the will of God in his life, even amongst hard, hard circumstances. And this morning, I want to talk about Joseph, and, and certainly, you know, uh, there's time and there's reason to talk about Mary and how she was handpicked of the Lord uh, for this, for God's plan to be fulfilled. And, but Joseph was also handpicked of the Lord as part of the fulfillment of God's purposes and God's plan. God chose this man, Joseph, to be the earthly caretaker of the one who, would, who was the heavenly Son of God. And I, I think that a lot, sometimes a lot of that gets overlooked. And, and we're going to talk about some principles out of this passage that can be helpful in our life, uh, really with dealing with hard things, dealing with trials and, and trusting in the Lord and, and things like that. And so we're going to go that direction this morning. But it would appear to us that Joseph, on the surface, would have been a fairly ordinary man. But from our text and what we've read this morning, I think we see some qualities to him that maybe make Joseph not quite so typical of a man. And he was a man who demonstrated compassion. He was a man of integrity. Joseph was a man who, who loved uh, extremely. Joseph was a man who was not selfish himself, but was more concerned and cared for uh, those in his family. He was a man who honored God with his life. He was a man who was, who was concerned about the will of God being done in his life. It seems to us, from what we read, that Joseph was committed to God. Joseph was a humble man as well. He was more concerned about what God wanted out of his life than about what he himself wanted. And he was a humble man who was chosen by God for a heavenly purpose a real purpose of the Lord. And we just get a glimpse of Joseph's life from this passage, but we can see that he was a man who possessed some certain characteristics that marked him as a man of integrity, a man of character, a special man. And I think that Joseph can be a very good example for all of us, men and ladies. And you know, the Lord won't necessarily call you or I to go through what Joseph went through. He had a particular thing that he was going through. But I am certain that God wants to use our lives for His glory just the same, just as He used Joseph. So I want to point out some details of Joseph's life that mark him as a man that God could use and that we find that he was a, a man who was chosen by God for a particular purpose. And so are you, and so am I. So let's, let's pray, and then we'll ask the Lord to help us with this today, okay? Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd give us your grace and our understanding, and I pray that you'd apply the Scriptures in hearts today according to your will, and may your will be done. And we thank you for your Word. It's always, always relevant, and it is always profitable uh, to teach us and to grow us and to make us more like Christ. And so, Lord, help us to be intentional about receiving it today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
First thing I want to point out here is in verses 18 and 19. And I want you to see the trials of God's will for his life. Verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Here are the trials of God's will for his life. Joseph, as I said, was a man who was handpicked and personally prepared by God for this particular task. And even though he was a man who was chosen of God, Joseph's life was not without trials. Joseph's life was not without uh, burdens. In fact, Joseph faced and weathered and overcame some trials that might have derailed many other people, maybe many of us sitting in this room this morning. And if you understand and know and have heard about the details surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ, you realize that Jesus' birth was obviously nothing less than miraculous. It was a miracle birth. And at this point in Joseph's life, he is completely unaware of what God has in store for him. He is unaware of God's plan for his life, but he's soon going to discover this miracle. This miracle, though, that's about to happen created confusion in Joseph. We find that in verse 19. It created confusion in him. You can imagine Joseph, who had his life planned out, and he's going to marry this this lady named Mary, and she's a wonderful person, and and they're a spouse. They haven't haven't consummated their marriage. They have not come together yet. It's all planned out. Uh, In that culture, of course, they're considered husband and wife. It's like an engagement period. Before the the actual wedding, this is the the, the period of time that they're in right now. And he's got all these plans and he's looking forward to his life together with this woman. And then the Bible says that she's found with child before they had consummated their marriage. And then in verse 19, the Bible says Joseph was a just man and he, he didn't want to make a public example of her. He didn't want to embarrass her. And so he was thinking about this, and he was minded to put her away, to to end that engagement, if you will, and do it privately, to not make an example of her. You see the compassion, you see the love that he had there, but you also see the confusion that would enter into this man's life. Imagine his confusion. How could this possibly be? How could this be happening? What in the world has just happened here? And his whole plan for the future all of a sudden derailed. It caused him to ponder his next steps. It caused him to rethink some things. And the reason was, is because, the reason was, is that that's a natural reaction of a man for sure, but he couldn't see the amazing plan of God at work quite yet. He was about to, but he couldn't see it quite yet. All he could see in this moment was what was happening right in front of him. All he could see was just the circumstance right now. And it was confusion, and it was hard, and no doubt in the moment, a bit heartbreaking. Joseph had some trial in his life, even though he was chosen of God for a particular purpose. But let me tell you that sometimes life is like that. We don't get to see the grand scheme of God 
in things. We see what's happening in front of us right now, and what's, what's happening right now is a hard trial. And it's something difficult to bear. It's something to, hard to walk through, and that's what I see right now. I don't get to see the grand scheme of God in it all. When I was a kid, there was a particular time of year in September where there would be a parade. It was called, it was called the P- Potato Bowl Parade. And we loved the Potato Bowl Parade. And it was, it was in September, and there, there was this big parade that would, would happen uh, in the morning. And then in the afternoon, there was this you know, gigantic football game between the University of North Dakota fighting Sioux and the North Dakota State University bison. We hated the bison. Loved the Sioux. And the parade was great, but the football game was awesome. Okay? And so it was always a day that we looked forward to as a kid, and we'd get up early, and, 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 and we, would, we would go and find a spot uh, downtown, and the parade route was all marked out. We knew where it was, and they'd come across this bridge from East Grand Forks in Minnesota over into Grand Forks into North Dakota. They would come down the main street, and, and it was just packed full of people. It was a huge community event. And they would always throw ba- like bags of french fries and stuff out there because we had a potato factory in town, and that's what they were known for was their french fries and candy and all the works. It was great. People would go crazy making floats and, 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 and shows for this parade and all the businesses would get involved. And then you'd have the, the little Shriner guys. I don't know if you know the Shriners with the hats and the tassels and they would get on their little tiny motorbikes. You get these like 250 pound men on these tiny little motorbikes. It was hysterical. We'd love that as kids. It was a great day. And the parade was fun. And we would get a spot where we could see not only what was happening in front of us as the parade would go by, but we could also see what was coming down the road in anticipation of this next float that was going to happen, or this band that was going to play. You could hear them, you could hear the drums, boom, 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 and the horns, and, and it was fun to anticipate what was coming. And we could sort of see down the road a little bit in anticipation. And I'm using that as an illustration because life is not like that. Life is not like being able to look down the road and see all the exciting things that are coming to pass. The exciting things that are coming in life. Life is like watching a parade between two giant skyscrapers and all you can see is what's right in front of you. You don't get to see what's coming next. Life is like that sometimes. But in the will of God, and in the purpose of God, we can know that whatever is coming in life, that God has something great in store according to His will, even when all we see in front of us is only what's hard and what's bad. Does that make sense? And maybe there's a better illustration that I could use you know, to to help us see that thought. But that's what was going on with Joseph. He couldn't see the amazing plan of God in front of, ahead of him. All he could see what was happening right now. And you know, if you could get up on top of the giant skyscraper, you'd see the whole thing laid out. And you'd see all of the 
good that is coming. But in many cases, like Joseph, we're simply blind to the fact that God is actually working. Because all we can see is what's in front of us. Praise the Lord, we know His character. Amen? That God is working. But often God works out His will in our lives in ways that we can't even begin to comprehend. Like, why is this thing happening to me? Why am I going through this trial? Why is this tragedy happening in my life? And we can ask the question, why? But we have to remember that that God is, is actually working and God works out His will in ways that sometimes we can't comprehend. Because the Bible says His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are not my ways. But I can trust His character. His plan for us often is not what we would have chosen for ourselves. I'm certain that Job would not have chosen all that happened to him in his life. I'm certain he wouldn't have. But in the end, Job was doubly blessed of God. Amen? You remember the boy Joseph. How he had a great life and he was... He was favored of his father, hated of his brothers. I'm certain that Joseph would not have uh, planned uh, and chosen for himself the course of his life if he had a choice in it. He wouldn't have been chosen to be thrown into a pit. He wouldn't have been chosen to be sold into slavery. He He wouldn't have chosen for himself to go to jail and be in prison for years and years and years. But in the end... Joseph's perspective and his heart was, those that meant it for evil, God meant it for good. What I'm simply saying is, all the things that happen in life, all the things that happened to Joseph, the things that happened to Job, those would have never happened had God not first allowed the trials in life, and then in the end, bring it about so that people like Joseph would say, God meant it for good. Understand what I'm saying? God has a purpose. Sometimes His purpose is not understood right away. Joseph was in this situation, the trial of God's will for his life. He saw what was happening, it created confusion, but the reason it was confusing because he, wasn't, he didn't see what God was about to do. But, note this. Let's go to verse 20. And I want you to notice the task that marked his life. We see the trials of God's will for his life, but then we see the task that marked his life in verse 20. But while he thought on these things, so he's thinking on all the trouble and he's thinking on the confusion. He's thinking about what he's going to do. He's just thinking about all of these things and he doesn't want to make an example of her. He loves her, but he doesn't know if he wants to go through with all of this. What do I do? While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Clearly he was afraid. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, 
and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. In the middle of Joseph's confusion in, in life, God placed a call on him, gave him a job to do. God assigned Joseph a task that many people would have balked at. But it was a task that Joseph embraced, and he did it by faith. Verse 20 tells us that the task involves some revelation. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Joseph is told that the child Mary carries is no ordinary baby. He finds out that Mary's child is the Son of God. Imagine getting that news. In verses 20 and 21, we find that the task involves some requirements. In verse 20, we find, here, here we find that he, he learns that, that what is being conceived in, in Mary is of the Holy Ghost. And then in verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. So he's to take Mary as his wife, and he's assigned to name the child. He's given this, these requirements. Joseph is instructed. He's not to put her away, but to take her as his wife. And ultimately, he's to embrace that child as his own. And this is interesting. Joseph is the one who's told to name the child Jesus. And that, is, that, that tells us something. It tells us that he has the responsibility of caring for and providing for that baby, that child. He's handed a difficult task. In verses 22 and 23, we find that the task involves some realizations. In verse 22, but while he thought on these things, excuse me, verse 22, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. After hearing what is required of him, Joseph learns the amazing truth. The baby that Mary carries is to be the fulfillment of, of the greatest promise that God ever gave men, that He would send forth a Redeemer. And you know, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, and verse 15, when God first made this promise, and then you trace it down through the centuries, all the way up into the time of the life of Joseph, for centuries and centuries, the faithful had been looking down through the corridors of time, waiting for the moment when God would fulfill His promise to send a Redeemer, to send His Messiah into the world. And throughout the Old Testament years, all the generations in the Old Testament, and then the, the, the sacrificial system that God placed with the nation of Israel, every lamb that was slain pointed ahead to the coming of this One who, who would be in the womb of Mary, who would be the Redeemer of mankind. There was anticipation looking ahead for this one moment. All the prophets, 
looked ahead to this glorious moment in time. Go to Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7, and our text says that this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. In Isaiah chapter 7, and you look in verse 14, Isaiah 7, 14, the Bible says, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 6, Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And the text goes on to talk about his uh, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establishment and with justice and judgment he'll rule the people. Listen, this is what they were anticipating. This is what they were looking for, waiting for all through the centuries. And all of creation groaned for the day when this child would come and deliver the world from the bondage and the blight of sin. That's what we're talking about here. And Joseph hears the angel tell him that this child is to be named Jesus. Why is he to be named Jesus? Our text says that his name is to be called Jesus in verse 21, for he shall save his people from their sins. the one who would save his people from their sins. His name defined his mission. You know what Jesus means? Jehovah is salvation. God is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. Pretty sure Joseph doesn't really comprehend all the ramifications and understand every single thing that is happening all in this moment. But God is tasking him with something so important and caring for and raising the one who would be the Lamb of God. God in the flesh was coming to live in his house. I think it's pretty awesome to think about. What a task. Chosen of God for this particular special task. But you know, God has a task for our life as well. Something that will bring Him glory. We don't always see and know what that is because all we see is what's happening right now in front of us. But if we're yielded to Him, we can rest assured that God is working out His perfect will in our life. And maybe you're going through a trial and maybe something is difficult and hard and it's hard to understand and then I'm confused, and I don't know where I fit, and I don't know where I'm at, and I don't know what's happening or what's going to happen tomorrow with this thing. I don't know. But I know Him. I know His character. I know I can trust Him. That He has something for me that's just going to bring him glory out of my life or through whatever this is 
Does that make sense? When you, you know what? When you don't live your life for yourself, and you don't think that everything is about you, you can actually have some peace in your life that, you know, whatever is happening right now, God has purposed it, allowed it for something that's going to bring Him glory. So I can rest in Him. I can rest in Him. Are we perfect at that? (laughs) Do we handle it all rightly from the very beginning? Maybe not. But I think Joseph is admirable. Joseph is pretty noble. Joseph handled this thing pretty well, it seems like. Like, oh, I would too if I had a revelation from an angel. (laughs) I don't know if I would. I think Joseph had some character to him. You know what? It's one thing to be placed in the middle of a trial. But it's another thing altogether to respond to that trial in a proper way. It's one thing to be called to carry out a task for the Lord, but it's another thing altogether to do it without question that I know He's good. And I may not understand it, but I know Him. I want to take just a minute to think about something else. Because the task that He has for us to fulfill may not always be easy, but praise the Lord, we can trust Him and he, we can know that He's holding our hand. Amen? And we might be toiling here today in the trial, but we need to remember something, that He's already gone into tomorrow. He's already arranged the details of our path. He's already supplied the need. All we need to do, listen, you might be struggling right now, but here's what you need to do. You need to just keep walking. You need to just keep taking the next step. You need to just keep drawing close to the Lord one step at a time, one day at a time, just yielded to the Lord. That's what you need to do. Now look at verse 24 and verse 25. And third thing is we see the testimony that measured his life. So we see the trial of God's will for his life. We see the task that marked his life. But thirdly, I want you to see the testimony that measured his life. In verse 24, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The real test of maturity is not what a person faces in life. It's not about what, a, what is revealed that, is a, that a person is called to do. The real evidence of the depth of a person's character is seen in what they do with what they're handed. How they respond, in other words. And like I said, it's one thing to be placed in a trial, but it's another thing altogether to respond to the trial 
in a proper manner. So I want to take a moment here to think about the testimony that measured Joseph's life. Because in Joseph's response to all of this, we're given a glimpse of, of his character and his testimony. First of all, in verse 24, we see that he had a testimony of unconditional compliance. The Bible says that Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had said. There wasn't arguing. There wasn't questioning. There wasn't even, I'm going to go do my own thing. I don't like this. He obeyed. He went and did as he was commanded. And I think many, many a man would have walked away from that situation because it didn't fit in with how they thought it should be. They would have walked away from the Lord. They would have walked away from Mary at that moment. But Joseph didn't. As soon as he awoke, he rose and carried out the command of the Lord. And there is no doubt that, that it was going to cause people to start talking about them and cause people to start judging this young couple. There's no doubt that that was coming. Because what he was about to do was commit himself to this lady and to the will of God that was going to bring with it some shame or some judging from other people. In fact, in Jesus' adulthood, the Pharisees accused him of being born of fornication. That means it stuck with them throughout his life. It didn't go away. Other things didn't happen in a new story, you know, the new news headline, and so the old one is forgotten. You understand what I'm saying? No, it stuck with him. At this moment in Joseph's life, he's not interested, though, in what the community thought of him. He's not interested in what other preachers think about him. He's not interested in what anybody else thinks. He simply wants to do the will of of the Lord. I think that's pretty noble, pretty admirable. He's not concerned with popular opinion. He's concerned with the will of the Lord in spite of all of that. So Joseph sets out by faith to obey the Lord. I think that's a great testimony, a wonderful testimony. We often let opinion sway us and we start to change even the way that we think just simply because this is how other people think. And we let people's opinions have power over us, and we should not do that. What does the Lord want? What does the Lord want? I'm guilty of the same thing. It's very easy to be swayed by someone else's opinion. But you know what someone else's opinion is? It's an opinion. And you know what they say about opinions? I won't tell you. You can go look it up. People think their opinions are pretty important, but they're not. Only the Lord's is. What a great testimony. Verse 25. We also see a testimony of commitment. The Bible says he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Even when he took Mary into his home, he refrained himself from relations with her because he obeyed the Lord. 
He was a man who was willing to bear the shame and the reproach that would be leveled at him from the community. But he was also a man who was able to put his own feelings and his own rights aside for the good and the betterment of somebody else. He wants nothing more than to do the will of God. What a testimony. We're very selfish creatures. It's a mark of maturity when you can set your own desires and your own self aside for the good and the betterment of someone else. And then you see the last part of verse 25, a testimony of completion. The Bible says that when she brought forth her firstborn son, that he called his name Jesus. When the child was born, Joseph took that last step that he was commanded to to take, and he named the child Jesus just as he had been commanded to do by the angel. And as far as we know, Joseph never faltered in his carrying out of the commands of God for his life. We don't know a lot more about the life of Joseph. But he was called upon to believe something that in the minds of many was impossible. He was called upon to do something that was incredible. But we don't ever find him wavering. He completed the task that God had given him. He did what the Lord told him to do. And I think that's a great testimony too, because how many people falter? They start out right. You're saved. You're in a church. It's looking great. And somewhere along the line, something gets derailed in your life. And now instead of living life for the Lord, you're living life for self. Instead of completing and fulfilling God's will for your life, you're completing and fulfilling your own will for your life. We're not our own, friend. We are bought with a price. And we're to glorify God in our body and our spirit, which are God's. We don't belong to ourselves. Joseph had this testimony of completing the task that God had given to him. And as we walk the road of life, The Lord's plan for you, the Lord's plan for me, is to use us to bring Him glory. That's our chief end, to bring God glory. That's why we exist. That plan might be difficult at times. There might be some real bumps in the path. But you know what? If we truly want to bring God glory, we're never going to seek an easier path. Lord, if this is what it takes to bring you glory, then so be it. You do it. Because all I want is for you to be glorified in my life. Real faith and real maturity is willing to go where God leads. And real faith says, on the surface, this looks like the worst thing that could ever happen to me. The worst thing that I could have ever faced. But I know that the Lord has gone ahead of me. I know that the Lord has a plan for my life that is going to bring Him glory and be good for me. I can trust Him. What a testimony of a life of faith and obedience Joseph had. And I'll close with this thought. God used Joseph in the life of Jesus. Imagine that. God used Joseph in the life of Jesus. What a powerful 
testimony. What a powerful thought. And no doubt, Joseph was very involved in the training of Jesus as he was a young boy. God took a man who didn't have a lot in this world, carpenter, humble man, and chose him to carry out an important task. And I'm saying that God is still looking for special people that He can use to carry out His will today. I know that the Lord's never going to ask me to do what He asked Joseph to do. That was particular for Joseph. And the Lord's never going to ask, ask you ladies to do what He had Mary do. That was particular for her. But I am certain that the Lord is looking for people who will follow Him by faith to carry out His will for them. People who will take the task that He assigns them and allow themselves to be used of God in a fashion that ultimately makes other people say glory to God. May we be those kinds of people. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, pray that You'd encourage and challenge us in our commitment to You. And even though life sometimes is hard and there's confusion along the way and we feel like I'm uncertain about tomorrow and I don't know how this fits and where and I sometimes don't even know what my place is. We can feel all of those things. But at the end of the day, we need to come back to the fact that as a child of God, in God's care, nothing is out of your control. And I may not be able to see what's coming, but I can trust the character of the Lord that you have something in store for me that is going to be for your glory and my good. And so, Lord, help us to respond rightly instead of running Instead of being in the woes of despair, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to turn back to you, to trust you, that you're holding my hand, and this is hard, and I'm not certain right now, but I know you. And so, Lord, I'll trust you. And Lord, help us to be the kind of people like Joseph, who are ready to listen and then ready to obey. And I pray, Lord, that you'd encourage us and challenge us with these thoughts, even today, in Jesus' name, amen.